You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I love my message this morning is the calculated cost. I love America. I love America so much that I literally named my children Freedom and Justice and, and found a woman named Glory to marry. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I love America. That's why I signed up to join the Marine Corps and, and did eight years. And, and, and I love America because I love the national anthem. If you spend any time in the military, the national anthem will bring tears to your eyes. You will. Uh, if you've ever lost anybody in the military, it will, it will hit you different. Uh, I, when I met Gloria, I was working at Wounded Warrior Battalion. And uh, when you see a 19-year-old kid come back blown up, from in combat and you, you see him coming there, you know that, that there's something special about America where young men and women would go and lay down their life so that others, that other people could have a brighter future. That's why it bothers me so bad when somebody kneels for the flag or turns their back on the national anthem because they don't understand the cost associated with the American flag, with freedom. When I see the American flag, I don't see fabric. When I see the American flag, I see sacrifice. It's the same thing I see when I look at the cross. I see sacrifice. I love American exceptionalism. I love that when you buy something that says American made, you know it's quality. You know it's quality. I love American steel. I love bringing jobs back to America. I love that America is the country that everyone else calls. Americans, we watch Marvel. Other countries watch America. I love that every major war throughout history, when the Americans show up, other countries say, thank God. Or they say, the Yanks are here. Because they understand what America is. America is powerful. America stands for something. And I have to tell you this morning that America was founded on biblical principles. Don't ever let anybody tell you that America is not a Christian nation. I love America because of the Bill of Rights and the, and the Constitution. And it's never been more important than now. Over the last 18 months, we've seen gross overreach. But thank God we have a constitution that we can check back. My First Amendment says I can stand here and scream about God all I want. I don't care what you have to say about it. Inalienable rights. And if you stand there and scream, there is no God, I'm going to stand there and scream, there is a God twice as loud. I love the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Religious freedom, the right to bear arms. I love the right to due process and a speedy trial. No illegal search and seizures. If you arrest me, tell me what I did wrong. Over the last year, you could have arrested me because I preached the gospel, but hey, some people see that as wrong. I love America because you can literally start on the bottom with nothing and become a something. As long as you're willing to put your hands to the plow, you can become a something. And the problem we've seen recently is people have wanted to become a something without doing anything. 
You can become a something with calloused hands. You can become something with a little crick in your back. But you can't, be, you can't become something on somebody else's dime. I love freedom. I love freedom, but I understand that freedom has a cost associated with it. Someone had to pay a price for it. Anything worth having, there's a price associated with it. I'm going to get to point one in my message, and point one is freedom is a gift. I did nothing for the freedom we have in this country before I was born. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't come out of the womb. And they were like, hey, in order to have your freedom, here's a checklist. That wasn't the case. I came out of the womb free. I'm going to die free. People don't understand that. They don't understand that we did nothing for our freedom. The people that went before us did everything. Freedom was actually a God-given gift. He gave it to us. And it has been preserved by men and women who have sacrificed their very lives to make sure that we remain free. You know, today is the 4th of July, and everybody, we're going to celebrate today. We're going to eat hamburgers and hot dogs, and we're going to go see fireworks, and we're going to, we're going to go to boats, and we're going to go to the lake, and somebody's going to go fishing, and somebody's going to almost burn their hand off with a firework. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. This is East County. That's going to happen. I heard fireworks last night, and I was like, they're illegal, but East County. But the thing we don't actually talk about about the 4th of July is like the price that was paid for it. The price that was paid for it. You see, on the 4th of July, 1776, the Second Continental Congress of the United States of America gathered in a room and signed the Declaration of Independence. But it wasn't this joyous event that we see in movies. All the guys weren't happy, high-fiving, you know, cheering. No, they weren't. It was a solemn moment. It was a solemn moment. I'm going to tell you why. By signing the Declaration of Independence, 56 men were going to become guilty of high treason against the King of England. In essence, they signed their own death warrants because that was the penalty. But it wasn't like death, like, oh, firing squad, none of that. They were going to be made an example out of if they got caught. And here's how the death goes. Death was not simple or quick. It was a process. First, the guilty party was hung until unconscious. Then he was cut down and revived. Then disemboweled and beheaded. Then cut in corners, and each quarter was boiled in oil. The remnants were scattered abroad, so the last remaining place of the fenders would remain forever unnamed, unhonored, and unknown. In addition to death, all of the offenders' earthly goods were confiscated by the state. The family could no longer own property, and it extended to their future heirs. In the words of Shakespeare, for a sin of your fathers, you must suffer. So can you imagine, like I got two daughters, you guys have heard that. Can you imagine being in that room, being one of the 56 people that signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing that you're signing your death warrant? 
I truly don't believe that everybody in that room, because we're humans, I don't know if everybody in that room was gung-ho. I'm sure there were some men sitting in that room that were like calculating the cost. Like I could get up and leave this room and I could flee the colonies like, the, like all the loyalists did and go to England and be fine. Or I can sign this piece of paper and possibly lose everything. We could lose the war and gain nothing. But the 56 men had the courage. They, they, they said, if I don't sign this now, if we don't try this now, future generations will never be free. And so they took on the burden. They calculated the cost. They calculated the cost that we may be free. If that didn't happen, America would look a lot different today. We'd look like Canada. Our founding fathers can actually teach us a lot about the Bible. They can teach us a ton. Because when, when, when we know when Jesus came to earth, the cost had to be calculated. Like Jesus knew there was going to be a price for him. There was going to be a price associated with his death. See, he had to die so that we would live free. He calculated the cost. And we actually hear about it in the Bible when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, oh, God. I'm paraphrasing. I do that sometimes. Take this cup from me. He's under so much stress. He's calculated the cost so much. He's sweating blood. But he's like, I'm going to be captured in the morning, and it's going to happen. He knew the cost. God calculated the cost. God said, I have to literally, in order for my children to be free, I literally have to turn my back on my son and let him become sin so that we may live free. You got to calculate the cost. I love when people understand the cost of something. I love it. In Galatians 5.1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. If God allowed Jesus down the cross so that we could live free, why are we going back to slavery? Why would we allow ourselves to go back to living in that, those chains? Why would we allow ourselves to be in bondage? Over the last 18 months, what we've seen happen is people have been like, uh, and everybody's going back to bondage. Our forefathers already sacrificed for our freedom. Why are you evilly giving it up? Why are you just giving up something that somebody else paid for? That's my problem with welfare. My problem with welfare is, well, people on welfare are always going to be broke. And it's not because they don't have money. It's because they don't understand what it costs to get that money. I own a business. And my business, the money I work for, I protect. I can budget off the money I work for. Because I know it costs me something. I've got calluses on my hands. I've got no hair. It costs me something. The reason I shaved my head is because I was gray. That's why. Uh, you know. That was marriage. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Joke, 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 joke. But really. People don't understand the value anymore, the cost of something. 
If I buy anything at the store, I'm like, how many hours of my life did that take? And the thing that gets me the most is we shop at Sprouts, okay? You can't. We shop at Sprouts. Sprouts is expensive. I, I, I don't like when people walk up in front of me and use an EBT, EBT card to fill a full route, uh, cart of groceries. Wow, wow. It's not because I'm a, a rude. Yeah. It's not because I'm a bad person. It's just I know what the cost of the, every dollar is. Yeah. Yeah. As a nation, we've lost our minds. Yeah. We've lost our abilities to critically think. That's my problem with BLM and all these crazy organizations is they want to go somewhere on somebody else's dime. That's not the way the kingdom works. If you're going to be in this kingdom, if you're going to be in this family, it's going to take a little work on your part. It's going to take something from you. People who dishonor the flag. People who... Um, kneel during the national anthem, people who disrespect law enforcement. Oh, let me just tell you where I stand. I love the military. I love law enforcement. Um, and I voted for Trump. Like, whatever. <laughs> Be mad if you want. People who do those things are dishonorable people. And you will never receive the honor you want being dishonorable. You have to become honorable. Because I'm telling you, there's a, there are ways to get things done in the kingdom of God, but it's not through being dishonorable. It's funny. The lady that just turned her back on the national anthem in the Olympics. Why are you competing for the United States if you hate it? Like, why would you turn your back on the flag you're, you're, you're competing for? In any other country, you would be shot in public. You want to go there? No, you don't. We give you opportunity to leave. Everybody else around the world knows the value of the United States. That's why they're all trying to get in. But we got people in the United States have never worked for anything, don't understand the cost, and so they can run their mouths not knowing what really, what really transpired to allow her to turn her back on the national anthem. I got a little carried away. Point two. Point two, we can choose freedom at any time. I think there is a common misconception around when the United States began, when it was founded, when it was formed. See, some people think the Declaration of Independence was signed after the war was over. Now that we've won, we're free, uh, no. The Declaration of Independence was actually signed a year and a half into the war. So in the middle of a war, they signed a Declaration of Independence. Mid-war. What that teaches me and what that should teach you, if I read the Bible, is that I can choose to be free anytime. I can choose to be free if my marriage is struggling. I can choose to be free if I'm, if I'm broke. I can choose to be free no matter what issues I have going on in my life. It doesn't matter because freedom is a gift and I can choose to be free at any time. If I'm struggling or I'm on a situation, why would I not choose independence and freedom? 
Why would I not choose to stand against an evil regime? It's that some people have gotten too comfortable with an evil regime. Some people have gotten too comfortable listening to the devil. Some people have gotten too comfortable listening to Democrats. Some people have gotten too comfortable. And you cannot break up with something you just got done sleeping with. In Psalms 118.5, it says, In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. In distress. United States, or the colonies, were in distress at this point. And we cried out to the Lord, and he answered me, and he set me free. That means I'm not waiting until everything's right. I'm not waiting until I got all my ducks in a row. I'm not waiting until I got a job. I'm not waiting until I find the right girl. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm going to be free right now. Because the Bible teaches me that freedom is available if I ask for it. Freedom from bondage, mental bondage. See, people think that slavery ended, but slavery never ended. Slavery is a mentality now. Mental anguish, can't get out of our own heads. I've lived there. I've been one of the people, like, I cannot get out of my own head. I'm hearing voices. True story. Voices are like, hey, you should end your life. Bad voice. Free, I chose freedom. I chose not to live under bondage, an oppression. And that's what our founding fathers did. The real reason the Revolutionary War happened is because the, the, the founding fathers and the colonies were tired of several things. They were tired of taxation without representation. Let me give you that, let me give you that in Bible. They were tired of paying for something and re receiving no benefits. That's what sin does. Sin, you're paying for something and receiving no benefits. The second one is they were tired of uh, um, the British soldiers living in their houses. That's why our Bill of Rights says there's no foreign officer, no military is going to step in foot in our house in wartime or in peace. And the problem is some people still do that. Some people still let the enemy sleep in their house. Some people still let demonic spirits into your head. But for me and mine, I'm decided, like, I'm not going to give the devil an inch. I'm not going to give him a square foot of what I'm doing. The United States of America is not perfect. I'll be the first to tell you. It's beautifully chaotic because there's humans involved. You know, when people try, I'm, I, most of the time when people say they hate America, okay, most of the time when people say they hate America, ask them why. They say, well, there's no opportunity for people like me. What do you mean? Well, I'm black. Okay. Let's, let's break that down. Um, there is nothing holding Africa, the African-American community back anymore. And I can stand here and say that. Because I'm African-American. And there are more, there's, never, there's never been a better place for African-American people to live than here in the United States right now. Wow. There's never been a better place for people, and immigrant, people of color and immigrants to go and become successful. Yeah. We're, the, we're one of the only countries that allows immigrants in still. 
We just want them done the right way. Because The devil is divisive, right? Okay, here's what's going on right now. So the devil operates as a divisive spirit, okay? He sends out his little cronies, and they operate as divisive spirits, okay? So what divisive spirits are doing is they're trying to take the Constitution and twist the Constitution and say the Constitution actually doesn't say that. The Constitution actually doesn't say you can own a gun. Who does that sound like? The devil in the garden. Did God really say you can't eat from that tree? Now, here's how he's working in today's, in today's world. He's, twi- he's intertwined churches and theology. And so now God is a God of love. God is a God of love. But they're twisting theology and calling it something it's not. That's not theology. That's a motivational speech. At a pride parade. Woke pastors. People who have sworn an oath before God, like, God, I'm going to shepherd your people, are leading people to sh- down the street and down a very slippery slope. Yeah. Apostate churches, wow. churches where it looks like God, sounds like God, but it ain't God. We can choose freedom, though. Yeah. Yeah. The right freedom. Yeah. Freedom not at the behest of somebody else. It, somebody else's freedom doesn't have anything to do with mine. I'm not taking something from somebody else to be free. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. We've all been set free. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us. He went to the cross. He was hung. He was beaten. He was bruised. He hung on the cross for 13 hours. 13 hours he hung on the cross. And then at the end, right before he died, he said, it's finished. I truly believe that's what the founding fathers said when General Cornwallis surrendered to Yorktown. He said, it's finished. We're a nation. I believe that's what the founding fathers did. I believe there was tears. There were tears. After an eight-year war, there was tears because they had been through the night they had been through war. They had, they had labored together in the spirit. They had la- labored together in the physical. They had labored together in the natural, and they won. That's why we celebrate today. That's why North Campus gets to eat their gluten-free hot dogs. We won. People have forgotten what what we laid down for it. People have forgotten. And the best thing about the the Bible and the best thing about God is we know the end of the story. We win. We win. So I think there are people that get twisted up and they get so far down these roads of, I'm too far gone. I'm too far, I've done too much, I'm a convict, uh, I've been divorced, I've lost, my mo- I've lost money, I've been in bankruptcy, I've, I've done all these things, God can't love me. Freedom's not for me. My third point is freedom is inclusive. Yeah. 
What I mean by inclusive is it does not matter what you did before you got here today. God looks at all sin the same way. It doesn't matter. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't matter because there are some earthly consequences for things you do. So don't. If you break the law, you might get arrested. But God will love you in a jail cell. I just want that to be clear. I don't want anybody at the jail like, yo, Pastor Jeff said there was no consequences. No, I don't want that. You will pay the piper. But Jesus loves you. And so right now, I'm, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. And I'm going to pray over some areas that I think there are ceilings over people. The first group of people I'm going to pray over is if you're in this room and you don't believe the American dream is for you, you don't believe that prosperity is for you, you feel like there's been a ceiling over you financially, there's been a ceiling over you in your growth. We're not going to do anything. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. We're just going to lift our hands, and the people around us, I'm going to pray corporately, and the people around us are just going to lay our hands on you because I guarantee you that there is something there, and God does not want you to operate under an optimal condition. So right now, if you're in this room and you feel like there's, you have a ceiling, if there's a poverty mentality over the top of you, and it, maybe it's a generational curse, maybe you don't understand, maybe there's just something going on where you can't fully live out freedom and live out the prosperity of the United States. Is that anybody in this room right now? Thank you so much. Thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Hands going up all over the place. So right now, I'm going to pray, Heavenly Father, I declare in, in your name that the ceiling is broken. I declare that, that generational curses are broken around finances, God. I declare right now in Jesus' name that poverty is broken. The spirit of poverty is broken. And I declare abundance. I declare abundance. And I speak into the spiritual realm. And I declare, I, I, right now, I, just, I see a dams breaking. I see dams breaking. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I see dams breaking. Who here... All right, thank you guys so much. I got a question for you. Who here lost their home over the last year and has been too embarrassed to tell anybody? I know that one's going to be brave, but if that's you, come up to me after service. The next group of people I want to pray over is I want to pray over anybody that's actively in the military. If you're actively in the military or are veterans or, or, or our law enforcement, if that's you, just raise your hand. Church, can we lay our hands on these, these ladies and gentlemen? Heavenly Father, right now I declare double for this group of people, God, that they have gone before us, God, and some have labored in the physical, God, and they have, that they have ensured our freedom. They have ensured that we have a place to call home. They have ensured that the American flag still flies. They have assured prosperity, tranquility, God. They have assured that we are a nation of justice, God. God, right now I speak to every veteran, Lord, and I say don't let their suffering or don't let the things they did go in vain, God. I declare that you sent them out, Lord, and that they would have abundance here on their homeland, Lord. I declare that we honor our veterans. We honor our military, Lord, that they would feel honored, they would feel respected, they would feel loved, they would feel cared for, God, that their sacrifices are not in vain, Lord. Lord, I would I declare right now that in, in Jesus' name that there are chains being broken right now. I come against the spirit of PTSD. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I come against the spirit of uh, the spirit of infirmity right now. And I declare that every veteran, God, in this, in this room, their health is being restored in Jesus' name, God. They paid a price for us, Lord, so I declare that they are whole and healed in Jesus' mighty name. Mighty name. Right now, I just, 
I feel like there's some moms in here that you've carried a burden through COVID. I feel like there's some moms in here who have been stressed out because the kids haven't been at school and it's triggered things. And so if you're a mom in here and you feel like maybe, maybe you made some mistakes or maybe you thought you made mistakes during COVID, Maybe you lost your temper, or maybe, maybe you, weren't, you didn't think you were opt- you know, operating at the best during COVID, I, I just, and, and there's like a, a spirit of guilt around it. There's like a spirit of guilt around it this morning. If that's you, can you raise your hand? Thank you, thank you. I wanna speak to the ladies in this room that during COVID, you did an amazing job. During the lockdowns, you did an amazing job. During the lockdowns, you're the ones that kept your kids sane. You're the one that went the extra mile while dad was at work. You're the one, to my lady right here in the American flag shirt, yours not, what you did is not in vain. Your children will thank you for what you did. They will thank you for how you operated. They will thank you that you protect them during this. So right now, if we can extend our hands to these women that have their hands up. Heavenly Father, right now I declare, I declare that this spirit is broken off in Jesus' name. I declare that the mamas in the house would understand their value, their role, God. And I just declare that they are raised, that they are raising up generations of kids, generations of, of young men and young women that'll say, when everything got crazy, my mom was stoic. When everything got crazy, my mom was a rock. When everything got crazy, uh, mom and dad's marriage got better. Mom and dad came together. Well, they will remember everything that you did, every, every, every sacrifice you made. So right now I pray a hedge of protection over every mom. And I say, you let do not live in condemnation. You're not feeling guilt. You are amazing. You are amazing. You lived through a season that, that has not happened since 1918. And you came out the other side. So right now I break off that spirit and that lie from the enemy. I break it off right now in Jesus' name and call every mom blessed and highly favored. And the last one, to the dads in here, to the dads in here that lost their jobs, worked two or three jobs, worked, at, worked during the day their nine to five and then worked as Amazon drivers at night and then did the graveyard shift at the grocery store to provide for your family, you're not a failure. That's the definition of being a man. That's the definition of being a man. Any man, any man or woman that gets up and goes to work at a job that they hate to provide for your family and to make sure you keep the lights on and a roof over your children's head, you are a man. That's what manhood looks like. That's what manhood looks like. And to any dad, to any man in here right now that you're burdened, you're burdened and you're, you, just, you just need a fresh dose, you need freedom. You're burdened, you feel like, you feel like over the last year you just carried something that, that, and you can't even talk about it to anybody because you're just supposed to be the provider. You're just supposed to be the guy that makes more money. No one's looking after dad. If that's you right now, raise your hand. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you guys right now. The devil would lie to you and tell you that your job is not enough or you're defined by your position at your job. And I'll tell you, your kids have no idea what you do, but they think you're their hero. Your kids have freedom to run about and play around and have freedom and play as kids because of what you did. And so right now I declare... Hey, church, can we, can we just lay our hands on these men? 
Heavenly Father, this morning, I declare that every man is fulfilled, Lord. Lord, I declare abundance. I declare a fresh oil poured out upon them, God. I declare that every man that felt like 2020 was a step back is actually a step forward. I declare that there were business ideas, there were business ventures, there were, there were things that came to pass that the Lord would have me tell you, run. The Lord would have me tell you to run today. Run towards your passion. Run towards, don't, don't, just, don't just be happy with status quo. Your kids are counting on you to go farther, to go further, to pay, to pay the cost for them. And I declare right now that these men, that these men are going to another level. These men are, these men are loved and your sacrifice has not been in vain. God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. God would have me tell you, wake up my mighty warriors. Wake up my mighty warriors. Wake up my mighty warriors. You're not soft because you work three jobs. You're a man because you did what you needed to do. You're a man because you kept going when everybody else quit. You're a man that decided to work instead of take a government handout. You're a man in Jesus name. You're a man in Jesus name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.